This is Annie's baby episode. Take it away, girl. I am telling you about Steven Tyler and the girlfriend he adopted. Content warnings are for grooming, abortion, and what has never been officially declared arson. Sources are in the show notes. Everything's alleged, but this is definitely tell no one. Enjoy. jets fly overhead come on jets return to base (laughs) i'm ready so steven tyler and his teenage girlfriend Mm -hmm. julia holcomb yep we're gonna start with her early life Mm -hmm. and a lot of this information is from kind of an open letter she wrote how would i characterize the letter (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so today she is like a very big anti-choice activist. So she's written about her time with him. Mm -hmm. um, And that is a lens through which she's talking about it. Not to change her, the narrative of her, her story, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to leave out the parts that are literally just about God and moralizing abortion. Not, it's just not relevant. Not relevant to our mission here yeah exactly but i'm i'm still keeping in a lot of it is her point of view that feels important to me yeah um so the majority of it is going to be first her point of view and then if i feel like putting in his point of view yeah if we feel like (laughs) i'll throw it in after okay okay so for her life we're in oregon Mm -hmm. we're always in oregon i know it's weird So she explains that her biological father abandoned her mother when she, her sister, and her brother were toddlers. Ooh, sucks. He was a gambler who was very charming, but he came and went in their lives, leaving a wake of debt and infidelity. Debt? Debt. That sucks. God, fuck you. That sucks. Um, her mother was very loving, but she was bogged down by that relationship. Like yeah. she really didn't have much to give because she was being the life being sucked out of her. For sure, for sure. And her money. Damn drained. When her she said when daddy's gambling debts caused her mother's small teaching salary to be garnished, her <gasps> mother filed for divorce. Yeah, it's time. I would say so. Yeah, it's time. Daddy. That's shitty. Daddy. Ugh. How old were you did you ever call your dad daddy? No, I did until I was like 10. And then my mother pulled me aside and was like, that's over. I like barely said dad. I had a weird thing. <laughs> what? Like my, my family would be like, so like, I would just say him. I'm like, I'm going to his house, him. I'm going to talk to him. He said this. And they're like, who's he? I'm like, my dad, my father, my dad, capital H he. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Her family was big into church reading the Bible in the morning before school. Anything new in there? (laughs) Something new? I mean, they make new versions. Do they? New Testament. New. It's not that new, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a thousand years old. It's not like yearly. It's not like the DSM (laughs) (laughs) 5. And she's also said that they were praying for our wandering father. Let it go. Let him go, girls. And like, pray for yourselves. Right. Don't even worry about him. Right. Of her mother, she was gentle and supportive, and I knew I could always go to her for help. But, but <laughs> when her mother remarried um, her first stepfather, who was an alcoholic, things became difficult. They tend to. Tend to. There's a man in the house. <laughs> when she's 13 and 71, her younger brother is killed in a car accident. Yeah, um, the family was coming home from a camping trip. So she's in the car. They're all in the car. No. She and her sister were injured, but they were fine. And her grandfather was also killed. Oh, good God. And her grandmother lost a leg. <gasps> Amputation's a big fear of mine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a- troubling. It is troubling. <laughs> this event triggered a chain of events that led to my mother and my first stepfather to divorce. Common. Very common. Lose a child. Yeah. Divorce rate spike. It's like 90%. Per- it's something crazy like that. Because how one or both of you are going to be a ghost of a person. Right. Or, or it's all like you grieve in different ways. Like someone can handle some things and the other person like can't handle certain like and vice versa. Like, someone's totally fine with like looking at pictures mm-hmm. and the other person like can't. And someone's totally fine like yeah. talking about them. Other person can't. Especially like this is his stepson who died. Right. So it's so different for him. Yeah. She's probably sure like, you don't she, fucking know. Exactly. I'm right. sure she's having a really hard time feeling like 
connecting to anyone. The father, who's the only person who might be able to feel how she's feeling, is, in the is wind. gone. Right. Right. Maybe she's not hateful like me, but I would I say I bet that. he's like, you're being a bummer. Yeah, I bet. I'm totally making all this up. Yeah. Well, actually, maybe he took it hard because he was committed to a mental hospital briefly. And her mother also had an emotional breakdown, too. Okay, so they both are breaking down. I'm sure they just like don't have anything to give to one another. Yeah. I'm you know? like, I gotta be alone. Shut up. Yeah, I could only help me right now. I cannot like come visit you at the mental hospital. Sorry. Would love to. I want to see what's going on in there. And also, like, is it her mother who died, too? Or, I mean, her grand- her father? Yeah, her father. Yeah. N- nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about him. And your mother's, like, maimed. Great. Cool. Amazing day. I wonder who was driving. Probably Grandpa. Right? Or I, grandma. Grandpa. Back then? So at this time, it's like bad enough in the home that she and her sister go live with her aunt and uncle. Mm. Just for a little while, but for a few months. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that, like, her mother cannot parent them. Right. Fine. Sure. When they do return home to their mother, things are not the same. Yeah. How would they be? Things are never the same. I'm sorry. She said, my mother seemed wounded and disillusioned with life. Yeah, I'd be. Duh. I'm I am by like hearing about it. Yeah, I don't know how people move on, truly. I'm a weak person. I'm I have no mental fortitude. Mm-mm. I would I mean, I say this every story, if anything bad happens to anyone, I would curl up in a ball yeah. and pretend to die yeah. until my body did give out. <laughs> I would I don't have it in me. Right. No, I'm, I'm, like, what not, do you mean? I'm not that like, attached to life. Right. But no, it's like I I'm like, what do you mean you go through days sad? Can't do it. Don't wanna. You have to persevere or something? That's too hard for me. I'm an idiot. And I'm like literally weak. Yeah, I'm weak minded. I'm just Um, taking up space, baby. So no more father, no more brother, no more church. So just no more stability. Yeah. Her shit's rocked for sure. Her shit got rocked. Her mother eventually enters into a new relationship and it is like strained for Julia. Hmm. So she says that this new man... She has now, today, grown to love and respect. Yeah. But back then, he was a different person than he is today. And she did not like him, and he did not like her. Yeah, that's hard, getting, like, a stepdad when you're, like, 13. He's cool today, but, like, who was he then? But he was a dick. In the 70s, I bet he was a freak. I mean, that's challenging. Like, how would you move into that family and make yourself, like, fit And try not to be like, I'm not replacing anybody. Like, you know, I don't know. There's no mention of him having other children. So, like, if these are the only kids he's ever had, and they're, like, deeply damaged by their father's abandonment, everyone's dead. Everyone's dead. I mean, speaking from experience, it can be kind of weird to have a step-parent also try to, like, discipline you in some ways. For sure. So, maybe that's what she's talking about. Who did that? David. Oh, of course. I I always forget about David. I thought you were like Richard. I was like, you were 20 when I that happened. He yelled at me a few times. That is fucked. For spending his money on his credit card that he gave me. Sorry, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. So she and her sister are left on their own a lot of the time. Fine. They both became angry and rebellious. Fine. I don't even need to experience death to be an angry teen. I could do it right now. I can I revert back, back easily. Completely. Yeah. Her sister, who's a like a year older than her, leaves home at 16, backpacking with her boyfriend. Oh, fun. Good on ya. So, but she says that there I was at age 15, my sister gone, and feeling like I was in the way. Mm. Of like her mom's new life. Is she the only one there now? Yeah, and I think they have like a new baby. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah. Out with the old. <laughs> so she starts hanging out with a new group of friends, and they're drinking and doing drugs. Yeah. They're teens. Teens. So she's 15 and she becomes friends with a girl who had access to backstage parties at concerts. This girl is like 24. Oh. Age like didn't matter at the time, I guess. No. I mean, that will become fucking clear. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's giving fan fiction. It's like yeah. One Direction. Like, I'm going after the show. I know, but like the culture. pad. The culture at the time really was like if you were a girl you could fuck anyone i know it was bad kind of cool <laughs> kind of cool bad so these two are friends for a few months at this point this girl teaches her quote to dress in revealing clothes to get noticed and to use sex as a hook to try to catch a rock star what you're else never, would you do honey you're never gonna catch him 
you can have a few good years with him. You can have a few horrifying, <laughs> traumatizing yeah. years with him you if you want. You can have a few horrible years. With him. <laughs> then, but when you turn 18, he's going to be like, old bitch. Yeah. And then what? Then where are you? We'll see. She says, I still remember dressing up to go to the Aerosmith concert. Ooh. How do they like? Uh, well, you'll tell me. <laughs> so she's hoping to meet Steven Tyler. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> so they meet for the first time after the concert. How? Oh, well, so her well, friend has passed backstage. I think that her friend must like know the guys who work in the local con, like the arena, arena, get them things. Yeah. So they like get their backstage backstage passes. They get their outfits and they just stand. They and pose. they just go back there. And I'll tell you how she gets his and, attention and wait to be approached. Oh, I think because yeah. I think that everyone knows the goddamn game. Like there are these girls in every city. Right. The like people in the band are like, yeah, I'll do like go do my show and then fuck five of these girls and then, like have the lineup waiting for me. Yeah, after. and I'll like pick a few. terrible not thrilling (laughs) (laughs) um so she says that her recollection is that my sad vulnerable story as well as my youth and uh, attractiveness captured his interest you start off with like my brother's dad apparently she is like here's what's wrong with me if you're wondering why i'm back here (laughs) (laughs) if you're wondering wondering why i'm not in school Yeah, yeah, like I know why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Why are, why you, are here? you here, little girl? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> Gross. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's very like, am I okay? Like, I see so much and I have to blow my nose. So I think much. you're allergic to my dog. Damn. <laughs> Remember that hockey movie? <laughs> <laughs> Not the bridge. <laughs> I could do it if I wanted. No, I don't. I could do it if I wanted. You could do that note if you wanted. If I wanted to, I probably could. No, what hockey movie? A movie about hockey and communism. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, so this is November of 73. Mm-hmm. He's 25, and she will be 16 soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So they do spend that night together. So this is like, he has talked about her and acknowledged her age for fucking decades. He doesn't think it's bad, I don't think. I think until until Two 2018, years ago? Yeah. you could fuck little people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at least like have and been like, I don't know what and to tell like, you. Dan, the 70s were fucking crazy. Right. It's like, wait, yeah. You're the same guy who did that, but older. And you were like an adult then, you're an adult now. I'm always baffled by people who do fucked up things and then they're like, that was a decade ago. You were 25. Like, you were 28. You yeah. were not like, you were not a teenager doing something dumb. Right. You were a grown man. Right. Especially I, now as a grown woman, I can be like, I know what's right and wrong. Like, I know what's bad and good. Picture a 16 year old boy. Ew, dude. Ew, dude. In school, sweaty, stinky, kind of rude, (laughs) really scary. (laughs) So from the band's biography, he describes their meeting. She was a skinny young mal chick. No idea what that word means. Too old for my blood. Much younger than me. Yep. Like 14 when I met her. He's lying. He actually oversells her youth. Gross. So he calls her 14. She was like 15, almost 16. So, so that's different. That. No, he loves the narrative of her being like incredibly young. I bet he like, yeah, I bet he wishes he could say 12 or 13. Because like there was a whole culture of baby groupies Wait. who were like, I mean, it explains itself. A baby. Groupie. Like girls between like 12 and 16. <sighs> oh. And they called them the baby groupies. That's crazy. Imagine that. And like at 24, you're like, oh man, I've lived a life. So like 14 when I met her backstage at a show. She was there with a bunch of their of her girlfriends, and they were acting bisexual to get my attention. That's funny that he said bisexual. That's like tale as old as time. Girls gonna do that. <laughs> Girls are gonna do that. Yeah, because to me, it's funny of them. The fact that we do that denotes like a really great intelligence. Because <laughs> it is like we know that you are. It's like an evolutionary trait. The one thing we know that they are literally morons for. <laughs> is some bisexuality it's like i'm not saying that they're like not bisexual but i'm saying that they are 
doing that for very it's a mating well, call you're doing it in a performative way right which yeah, is I mean, go no, off of course there's i'm not at all fucking saying that everyone who is like uh, two women who are doing anything together right. is like for male, <laughs> male. attention no, 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 no. no but like and if you're there I to mean, get attention, a, it's a straight girl mating call. I'm right. not, it is not a queer person's like, well, right. You know what I mean? Right. Like if you're there, you, I'm sure she's with that girl mm-hmm. and she's like, I've done this th- countless times, wear this outfit and like, we'll kiss a little bit and they'll come right over to us. Doi. Duh. Yep. We used to, um, remember this? We used to charge people no. 10 cents to, sl- to watch us slap each other. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Playground. On the playground that was we were like nine we like, had what the fuck? we had a, like a, an entrepreneurial sense <laughs> what's the word i want just like nobody ever taught us that that was something anybody wanted we just kind of knew <laughs> <laughs> give me a, a 25 cents i'll slap it right now <laughs> <laughs> okay cool so this story of their relationship is like well known he makes it public knowledge writes about it in his own biography <laughs> shut up even though she never wanted anyone to know about it, she is like horrified by it. Right. So in his next biography that he write, like just his own life one, not the band, uh-huh. he describes it again, <sighs> claiming when they met, she was part of a group of girls who called themselves the Little Oral Annie Club. Ooh. Like obviously <laughs> alluding to their fucking young age. Right. I'm. I'm. Sh- they might have done that. But that doesn't mean you have to do what you go to do. And you're not like, yuck. Yeah. You're not like, damn, that is horrifying. Right. Like, you're bragging about it. Right. Like And like, that name is fucking funny. Yeah. They're fucking funny. He says that she was 16. So now that we're in 2011. He's moving it up. She's 16. Interesting. In the 90s, she was 14. Gross, you sick fucker. She was 16. (laughs) She knew how to be nasty. Uh Uh-uh. And there wasn't a hair on it. (gasps) steven tyler <laughs> yeah with my That's pedophile shit to say uh yeah okay with my bad self being 26 and she barely old enough to drive and sexy as hell i just fell madly in love with her she was a cute skinny little tomboy dressed up as little bo peep he said that no one made him say this he's on american idol by the way the dressing up like little bo peep that is something that he starts having her do once they get together. I do not believe that the night that they met, she was dressed up like that. He's like mixing up his images of her, but he, because he's into that. Into little Bo Peep? Yeah. He like, he like has an outfit for her that he has her wear like little Bo Peep. And I think that like him saying that she was already dressing like that the night they met makes it feel like it is, autonomous on her part uh-huh. and like she was gonna do it whether he dated her or not uh-huh. but the truth is that like he dresses her up like that oh, no. anyway a disaster. their tour manager remembers that there were half a dozen girls in the dressing room julia our girl mm-hmm. was being used as bait Oy. the other girls were older and not as attractive <gasps> he goes take that back <laughs> okay hurtful He also just adding, he's like, people weren't checking IDs. That didn't happen. Well, yeah. I mean, the 70s, Uh, come on. Doi, Bob. Yeah. But you know a kid when you see a kid. It is not even like girls who were teenagers dressing up like adult women. No. They were dressing younger to get the attention. Like, the the dressing like a little girl, that was what they were, like, into. I just got shiver. (laughs) God, this is, like, just, like, really disillusioning me. It's tough. It's tough because I, like, know a lot of men, like, little girls. <laughs> the thing is, like, if they could date younger, they would. And they tell me all the time. And in so many ways. They do tell us. They do tell us. Like, the countdowns for 18 births. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it is also, like, these men, in every biography, these, like, a different old-ass rock star <laughs> oh, yeah. tells a story about fucking a 13-year-old. I'm like... Where are these girls side of that story? Like, right. where is that girl today getting to say, like, yeah, and I was traumatized for 10 years. Or, yeah. like, yeah, my life derailed at that point. Or I had a hard upbringing, so that's why I was there that day. Right. You know what I mean? I like, was victimized and vulnerable. This? They're, like, sh- ashamed, probably. Yeah, and, like, they don't have, the obviously, the platform to talk about it. These men talking about these experiences they've had as if they only happened to them. And not uh-huh. to this, like, 13-year-old girl. Well, they don't see them as people, honey. And that is the crux of it. They probably, like... 
don't even think about her like being older and living a life now they're just like that kid who existed in the 70s is poof gone because she served her purpose to me Ah, she moved my plot line forward (gasps) (gasps) she's a chapter in my autobiography oh boy so they're in a relationship she moves to boston to live with him dream on (laughs) (laughs) her mother signs of a guardianship of her just to him and you're wrong for that so she's surprised by that. She she had already told him, like, fucking good luck, man. My mom would never sign me over. Oh, that's embarrassing. And it is hurtful. That's very hurtful. I'd be like, mom. Um, <laughs> that's what I'd I say. I would be like, mom. That's like, wow. So apparently her mom did that because he told her mom he needed that the, those papers signed to enroll her in school. Mom, how about you say, why is that hey. your job? <laughs> Hey, bring her home. Wait, why do you, Wait, Steven Tyler? Is she in Boston? <laughs> so she says oh that she, she felt incredibly vulnerable. Yeah, her mom gave her up to Steven Tyler. Hell. I can't stop. It's good. She keeps going. <laughs> um, incredibly vulnerable. She also felt like abandoned by her mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was. She was. So she was. And she said now her world had to revolve around him. Yeah, around Steven Tyler. Um, he was like her only relationship in the world now. It's like they're married. It, well, and he's her dad. Like, and he's her dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's in control of her life. now, And now that is in print. He is like in print in control of her. That's what I don't understand. So like if they were to break up, would he sign her back over to her mom? Can you do that? I don't know. I don't know. But people did this. Like, many, many rock stars did this with their girlfriends. Like, had them signed over. Like, Elvis. Elvis. And yeah, so he needs these pa- these guardianship papers because he wants her to travel with him in the band. And the age of consent laws vary, like, state to state. Mm-hmm. And he could get in trouble with having his 16-year-old girlfriend with him. This is, like, his loophole. Yeah, it'd be like taking a minor across state lines yeah. for sexual reasons. Yeah, Yuck. Trafficking? Which is a crime, yeah. <laughs> Which is trafficking. Huh. Was she trafficked? Holy Fuck. shit. She says, I became lost in a rock and roll culture, but it seemed no less chaotic than the life I left behind. Yeah. I didn't know it yet, but I would barely make it out alive. Yeah. I mean, I think that is like her explaining why at the time it felt okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's very much like, fuck home. Like, yeah. Yeah. And for the, a little while, like she's in love with him. Right. Like, you it's know? not immediately horrible. And she's a 15-year-old in love for the first time. And he's like a rock star. Yeah. But don't you get tired of, like, every night partying? Oh. Yeah, I don't have the constitution. Because we're we're aged out. This is his PR person speaking today about him getting guardianship, <laughs> saying it took lawyers and cost real money. I remember thinking he must really love her to go through this. She would listen. She was really expensive. <laughs> he must really love her to become her dad. <laughs> you wouldn't um, buy someone so expensive if you didn't really love them. That is insane, dude. Um, they, they added, they're like, that said, he did dress her up as little Bo Peep. That said, he made her wear outfits for God's sake, little schoolgirl frocks. Oy, well, oy, oy. Um, that's um, so he did buy her, man. Like, he bought her. Yeah. And is like using her as a prop, like dressing her up like a doll. Yeah. That he purchased. Yeah. All right. Julia remembers that there was only ever one man who tried to intervene when he, and like help her when he saw her in one of these fucking outfits. Really? Like an outfit designed to make her look even younger. You know what I mean? He's like, what the fuck? And like, it didn't go anywhere. He couldn't, he didn't pursue it in a major way to help this girl. But like, yeah, so there's, she remembers one stranger was at one point like, do you need help? Oh, fuck it all. So they get engaged to your dad. Like, how does that work? Kendall. I've never been engaged to my dad. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He writes, (laughs) he writes a song called Seasons of Wither for her. Great. The lyrics to this go like, love for the devil brought her to me. Ooh, woe is me. I feel so sadly for you. In time, bound to lose your mind. Live on borrowed time. Take the wind right out of your sail. I get adopted by Stephen Tyler. And like, I'm going to fuck up your day. And all I get is a shitty song. <laughs> <laughs> Gross, Grow up. Man. 
Something's wrong with the And while he's living with a teenager, dressing her up as a schoolgirl. Like, he's not kidding. No, he's absolutely not kidding. That is the thing. All of these guys write fucking songs about it as if they're kidding. And we all take it as if they're kidding. They're not at all joking. <laughs> and like a real life w- young woman is like, hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys are hearing this, right? <laughs> Julia says that she began to believe he must truly love her since he had made himself her guardian and was asking to have children with her. He throws her birth control pills off the balcony of the hotel they're at. That's like... They agreed to it together. But like, they agreed together to have a child. And he throws the pills. Is that romantic? She's 16, is it? I don't know. (laughs) No, probably not. So, yeah, when they're first together, she's on the pill. After a few months, he talks to her about his desire to have a child. Why would he want that, dude? Well, she says that he had grown up in the New Hampshire countryside and at times behaved like a down-to-earth farm boy. He wanted a family. Right now? With a teen? Do you seem like a good dad to Let's you? Let's think it. I'm so young. You're not so a good young. dad to me. I'm not in school, am I? <laughs> <laughs> I need a physical. Before I can throw these pills away, I need a you, physical. But it's like, we can ha- I'm 16. Do you want to have a family? We we can have one Wait in 10 years. Completely. Completely. And it'll be fine. 20 years. Yeah. Agreed. So he brings it up to her to have a child. And she is touched by his sincerity. And she's like, okay. I would think he loved me too. If he legally tries to sign you over, you live with him. He wants to bring you everywhere with him. He's telling and you he, he loves, loves you. to have a family with you. <laughs> you might think he... You might think he's committed. You might think he's telling the truth. Think of all the other 16-year-olds he had sex with and didn't adopt, you know? So come on. Come on. Within a year, she's pregnant. Mm-mm. She says that he has subsequently, like, years later, asserted that she had been pregnant before. Oh. Um, and she's like, no, I fucking hadn't. That was my first pregnancy. Oh. So I don't know if he just says that to say, to make it sound like him knocking her up wasn't a big deal because she had already yep. been... a already had an abortion before or something so like no shit off her shit but like that's insane if that's his thinking yeah first and of it all it's not, not even true, true. <laughs> yeah and to like that doesn't mean anything yeah it wouldn't mean anything if it was true right so they're both happy about the baby a few months later he asks her to marry him interesting least he could do mm-hmm. you like purposely knocked her up why couldn't they just get married when she was 16 with parents permission i don't know what the rule is never huh? tried never tried um, never been asked <laughs> <laughs> so but then they go to new hampshire to tell his parents oh yeah while there he asks his grandmother for the family ring for her mm-hmm. she declines Oof. Oof, god it becomes clear that his parents are conflicted about the situation less than stoked his mother is kind to julia and generally very supportive of steven uh-huh but his father has grave reservations because of her youth and immaturity yeah i mean i do too i don't think they like dislike her as a person they're like she's gonna change her mind dude <laughs> i know like she's literally too young to be a mom yeah yeah and a wife yeah i wish they had recognized it's too late for that. She's already pregnant, guys. She's five months pregnant. Uh-huh. So, yeah, they, they obviously have huge influence over him. Uh-huh. So, I wish they had been more measured in there and, like, looked at the situation for what it was and not what they wish it were. A little more responsible with what they told him. With what they tell their son to do. Cause, so, like, whatever his parents tell him... He's like, okay, they must be right. You Grow know, a spine, man. Well, for sure, that's on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I yeah. wish his father, who is the main deterrent here, mm-hmm. maybe you know like, I mean? okay, you don't have to necessarily get married, but like, you're having a baby. You're having so a child. You're going to be in each other's lives forever. Let's figure that out. Let's figure that out. So, yeah, that day, he apparently now is like, we're not getting married. Oh, God, this is a fucking mess. So suddenly the wedding is off, and she is very angry with him for not standing by her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's Catholic, right? She's very Catholic, yeah. Um, And so this whole thing is made worse by the fact that he is her guardian. She feels subordinate to him, as in a parent relationship, and feels that she has little control over her own life. That does muddy the waters, yeah. And she says, I had trusted him. Right. She had really, like, trusted her life to him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And her mom's just nowhere to be found, huh? No, and she doesn't feel like she can talk to her mom about it, because her mom's so Catholic, Oh, right. You know? Her mom's so Catholic, yet sold her to Steven Tyler. Weird. So, I mean, they've been together for three years now. Mm-hmm. And then within a few weeks of that trip to New Hampshire, he leaves on tour. 
Bye. Suddenly, she's. it's not fun to have her come with you? Right. Got it. Come on. So he has gone on tour. She is alone and pregnant in the apartment with no money, no prenatal care, no driver's license, and little food. How is he doing this? He's a drug addict idiot. Right. And he doesn't, like, think about her. He's a bad guardian. He's a bad dad. <laughs> he was not a good father to me. Got me pregnant. Stop! <laughs> <laughs> He calls once a day to check in. Aw. <laughs> she asks him for money for food. Can you Venmo me, Steven? The thing is, they can't, they can't, he can't even get money to her without like a personal person handing her, right, like a cash. courier. Yeah. So he sends a friend over, uh-huh. Ray DeBono, his childhood friend, to uh-huh. take her grocery shopping. Get this. Ready? She says she remembers waiting at the window for Ray to arrive. Uh-huh. He arrives, she lets him in the front door, and the next thing she remembers is waking up in a cloud of smoke, fighting for air. And Ray is gone. He lit her on fire, dude? I would never allege that Ray lit the apartment on fire at the behest of Steven Tyler. (gasps) I would never say that. That's ridiculous. But Ray did come over, leave, and now the apartment's on fire. Yeah. All right. She crawls on the floor. The room is consumed by thick black smoke. She can barely see, but she remembers a PSA of um, Bill Cosby she had seen. (laughs) About fire safety or whatever. Yeah. So she crawls to the front door. And this is interesting, too. The door has at least three locks on it. Um, There's a keyed lock on a handle, like a regular door handle has a lock on it. Uh Uh-huh. Um, there's a deadbolt. Uh-huh. And there's a security bar that angled from the door down to the floor. Whoa. Because he always had drugs in the apartment. He had a lot of locks. Fort Knox. All of the locks are locked and secured, and she's been locked in. So Ray locked her in there. So Ray came L- over. Suddenly, I, I don't know how it happened, but suddenly there is a fire. She's unconscious, and she's been locked in the apartment. Suddenly I'm locked in an she let on him fire? in the front door and now the front door is locked like fucking Fort Knox. <laughs> yeah, bolted in four different ways. And there's a fire in here now. And hold on. <laughs> and hold on. So she tries to go to the back stairway, the only other exit, but it is filled with smoke and heat and literal flames, almost as if the fire was started, started down there? there to block that doorway. Annie, no way. No, no way. You're right. No, no way. way. There's no way. I would, I would never imply it. So she can't even touch the railings to get out that way. They burn her hands. Oh, boy. This is panic. I'm panicking. This is a murder plot. No? He sends a friend over to solve his problem for him. He has made clear he does not want her to be pregnant or alive. She says, Bill Cosby was there in my mind again. Ah! (laughs) I know. What hell? Spooky! In your time of need, he pops into your brain. I would just throw myself down the flight. Yeah. She remembers that in this PSA, if you're trapped, kind of the only shelter left is the inside of an empty fireplace. Okay. They do have one in the bedroom. Oh, sexy. (laughs) (laughs) It is really sexy. (laughs) So she crawls to it and gets inside. Okay. She says that black smoke filled the air and was boiling up the chimney. Oh. But there was a small pocket of air on the floor where I was lying. She's unconscious again, and she's sure she's about to die. Mm -hmm. She wakes up in the hospital. There's an IV in her arm. A doctor is speaking to her slowly. She speaks her name to him, and he asks her a few more questions, and is relieved to find that in spite of severe smoke inhalation, she had not suffered brain damage. Wow, that's incredible. Who fucking found her? I mean, I guess a neighbor would report it. Yeah, like an apartment's on fire. A fucking, like, fire. She thinks, like, firemen during this. Right. Okay. I don't know. She thinks. <laughs> yeah. Here's the part where she's like, "Thank, Thank you, you, fireman." fireman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess like your neighboring apartment's like it's on fire. Yeah, like someone would call that in, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like li- it's not a small. It's like the whole thing's on fire. But yeah. I can't believe she survived. I'm assuming it's an apartment building. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, everybody's gonna go up soon. Mm-hmm. Ray, did you consider that? <laughs> You're not just killing me, Ray. Did you allegedly consider that? <laughs> Um, the baby has also survived. For now. (laughs) (laughs) 
So um, when I say baby, I'm not making any like statement. Yeah, I'm just I'm just like that's how she refers to this fetus. Right. And like again, she's five months long. Yeah, we're well, just say baby. Yeah. So when she wakes up, doctor, and then Stephen is there in the room with her. She says he seems happy to see her alive, and he seems very shaken. He seems stunned to see you alive. <laughs> he was shocked I had survived. <laughs> He tells her that the nurse had been checking her blood oxygen count. And the last time she had done it, she had cried because she was so sure Julia was going to die. Yeah, but I have no brain damage. Like, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, she's doing great. You lying, Stephen? Hold, there's a lot of this where I say, is that totally true, Stephen? (laughs) (laughs) The doctor returns and tells. So when the doctor talks to her, he talks to her alone, Mm -hmm. to be clear. Mm Mm-hmm. He returns and tells her her lungs are remarkably clear of any smoke damage. Great. Great news. He also tells her while she was out, Stephen has spoken to him about the possibility of her having an abortion while she's out. Oh, what? You can't do that. So he, uh, it sounds to me, I don't know for sure. It sounds to me like someone was trying to take away her bodily autonomy uh-huh. and abort the baby in her goddamn while uterus she while she's unconscious. Oof. A doctor reassures her that the baby seems fine. She so, tells him, yeah. okay, Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> she tells him she will not be having an abortion. Uh-huh. Um, she says the doctor did not pressure her at all. Doctors don't, aren't supposed to. Yeah. He's going to be like, yeah, I, I thought he's so. Like, I didn't say anything about Whatever it. the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. The only thing he, the doctor said was like, have you used drugs at all while pregnant? I mean, she was doing cocaine. Oh. And like occasionally. <laughs> oh. And it's 1975. Like, did they even know it was that bad? I mean, yeah. Well, she's a teenager. Yeah. So the doctor yeah. is like, don't do it anymore th- during your pregnancy. And she, she says, I agreed and I meant it. Oh. Doctor leaves and Steven comes back in. He look. If I'm reading the reading the situation, he seems unaware the doctor had given her the fucking four one one on her own health, right? Because he tries to tell her that she needs to have an abortion because of the severe smoke damage to her lungs. The doctor. What just, did you think the doctor just told? Like, are you an idiot? He thinks because he's her guardian that they're only telling him her medical shit, right? So he he says that yeah, that that she has to have an abortion because of the smoke damage. To her lungs that the doctor just told her she's clear of. How chilling for to like have like you know he's lying to you about yeah. this. And he also says like there were surely consequences to the baby. Doc- I just heard there weren't, Stephen. Uh-huh. Dr. Steven Tyler. <laughs> she tells him no, she wants to have the baby. Yeah, fuck off. And there's no issue. And this is a child she conceived on purpose. Uh-huh. <sighs> he spends over an hour pressing her to go ahead and have the abortion. And like, wow, he's a piece of shit. I know talking about <laughs> abortion like is a bad thing in the context of this story sounds bad or can sound like I'm anti-choice. Yeah, but it's not that way at all. I just mean that like he's literally trying to take away her bodily autonomy, which is the one thing about choice that I is so fucking important. It's choice. So now he's spending an hour trying to get her to have the abortion. He tells her she's too young. He tries to fucking again pull a fast one and, and like keeps telling her the bra- baby's gonna have brain damage what a piece of shit she's like the doctor said it wouldn't but okay and also like what if i want to take that on of course also like okay and she says i keep saying no so she has said no to him for an hour Ooh. are you fucking kidding and she's like i just died but the thing is he's pushing it now because in a week it will be illegal so he's like, you need to do it right now. And I think that he knows this is the most hazy she's going to be yeah. on the issue. Yeah. I have to get her to do it while she's literally vulnerable. And in if the I, hospital already. If I let her go home and recover before I bring she's it up again. She's never going to go for it. She's going to be in her full right mind and not do what I want. Using her vulnerability. Oh, for sure. Um. Finally, when she will not give in, he tells her, okay, you can go home to your mom's and have the baby so she's fucking distraught yeah yeah that's horrible feeling hopeless yeah i began to feel like life was caving in on me yeah you're like (laughs) stuck in this situation the obvious implication is like fine if you want to have the baby i won't be around right right go home to your mom 16 and pregnant Uh uh-huh enjoy i had no health insurance or money right (laughs) right he's a terrible guardian for real no health insurance bad guardian sue him (laughs) who's paying this (laughs) she cries 
and she agrees to have the abortion. <sighs> she had no option. No, yeah. And that is the thing, of course. And that's like, the whole like meaning of choice. Having choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, now that he's gotten his way about her body, delighted. He reassures her that he cares for her and that after the abortion, everything will be fine. <sighs> I abortion. care for you, but I, up till five minutes ago, I didn't. I was ready to ditch you on the side of the road. Yeah. Period. When you weren't doing what I said, yeah. I didn't, but now I, I really do. The abortion is a nightmare for her. It's very physically painful. Fuck off. She grieves the baby deeply to this day. And this is also someone who, I mean, I also feel like part of being pro-choice is like people who are religious and, and do feel like that the, the fetus is a, a, a soul, a life. Right. Should get to have their baby. Yeah, they want to. Yeah. If you want to. So like, <laughs> this is someone who is very Catholic and feels like she killed a baby that well, she that is, wanted. Yeah. yeah. And like, that is her belief and that is her body. Uh-huh. She's suffering this, not only physical pain, yeah, but she also with her beliefs feels like deep, deep guilt. Right. You know, and, and which that might is, like, not, awful. which everyone might not have, but she does. But she does. So during the procedure, <sighs> God, or immediately after Steven is there with her and he is snorting cocaine off her bedside table. Oh, what a fucking piece of shit. He offers her some. She's well, like, fuck off. I could take the edge off. He is emotionally detached while witnessing the procedure. Why is he in the room? She, I don't know. She is shocked and hurt by his detachment. He will later on describe what it was like to watch. I didn't include that because yeah, I don't need any more like abortion slander in the story. Right, right. But um, it's not an easy procedure because she's so far along. Far along, yeah. She does say now that she knows that this must have like in some way been traumatic for him as well. Yeah. And like weeks later, I think he tells her that he has himself, he has tremendous guilt over what he had done. Yeah. I bet he didn't totally conceptualize like what it was going to entail. And then it was right there in the room and he's like, yeah. what the fuck, dude? Yeah. I think, I mean, also he's not in his right mind. Yeah. He's high. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that um, when you, when you're just thinking of something like, okay, if we do this one thing, it'll all be, be gone. Yeah, yeah. Everything will be better back the way it was. Yeah. That sounds great. Right. But when you think about the reality of the, or the trauma of what that one thing entails, uh-huh. it's different. Uh-huh. And like, you're never going to go back to before this. Like, you're never going to have not experienced this. Yeah. From his autobiography. <sighs> like, we need to fucking <sighs> get his take. <laughs> he says, it was a big crisis. It's a major thing when you're growing something with a woman growing something with a woman you're not doing anything actually. you're not doing shit but they convinced us meaning his parents that it would never work out and would ruin our lives well they convinced you steven they convinced you and you're a grown man yeah he says i was pretty devastated in my own mind i'm going jesus what have i done yeah okay fine yeah and like that that is the thing i understand he's done a horrible thing but i don't know that guilt would be horrible yeah not that you just the what you did to Julia. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Made this girl feel like she had no option but to do this thing she didn't want to do. It's for yes. The forcing someone to yeah. Yeah, that's horrifying. Right. So after the abortion, um, before long he starts an affair with BB Buell, who's like a famous model and Liv Tyler's mother. Uh-huh. And I think she was like a well known groupie. Baby Buell says that at this time there were many suicidal calls from poor Julia <sighs> as they were breaking up. It was actually a pretty sad time. I don't think Julia knew they were breaking up. <laughs> right. I don't think she knew you were on the other like, end of the phone. Yeah. No offense to her. I'm sure she's a nice person. But in this story, she sounds like a villain. <laughs> <laughs> so from Julia's side of things about that time, she says, nothing was ever the same between us after that day. Of course. Yeah. I became very withdrawn and quiet. I felt cheated and betrayed and angry with myself for agreeing to something I knew was wrong. I mean, look. The moralizing of like, was it right or wrong? I'm not interested in. Right. But her saying she agreed to do something that she didn't want to do. And her, she felt was wrong for her. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. That, that is a nightmare. Right. So she knows he's involved with other women, but she feels powerless. Yeah. What's she going to do? Yeah. She's like, I was young, had dropped out of high school and did not understand my legal rights at the time. Yeah. I don't understand your legal rights. I'm confused by this whole situation as well. (laughs) This is unprecedented. 
So she leaves him in February of 77. So like she waits it out another year or so yeah. in that relationship. Yeah. She goes home to her family. Oh, hi guys. <laughs> Fuck. Hi. My room's still there. Steven calls her a few times after she moved home, but she never really hears from him again. Whoa. So like a half-assed attempt to like get back. You'd be like, how are you doing? (laughs) Great. Great. And I mean, she's like 18 by now. I think even when she was pregnant, she was like 17, 18. Right. So now she's like, what, 18, 19? Yeah. Ray. (gasps) Firestarter. Arsonist Ray. Yeah. (laughs) Says that the whole situation really messed Steven up. Oh, did it? Oh, did it? So many people say he really spiraled during this next tour. B.B. Buell says he was crazy and really out of it. He is, like, destroying dressing rooms, having fucking seizures. Oh. He then has a period where he's on barbiturates. Uh-oh. I would eat four or five a day, which is why that period is blackout stuff. I'd eat them. Whatever. Rockstar language. <laughs> <laughs> so she's back at her mom's house. She's having nightmares about the fire and the subsequent events. Yeah, also the fire is a huge traumatic yeah. incident. Like, and like, damn. I believe someone... Wanted tried. you dead, girl. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like you almost fucking they died. You dead, girl. And then you're in the <laughs> hospital. Like damn. Like that. That's a traumatic week. She says that the world seemed like a dark place. It w- was for you, sister. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have like too much hope in the world. Mm-mm. So she starts going to church again. She finds new community with people her own age. <laughs> Sick. And they cannot relate. I mean, but I think that if that is what you had when you were a kid, that kind of community, it would feel nice to come back to that. You know, yeah, just uh, so crazy to be like, wow, that was a crazy couple of years. <laughs> you guys will not believe where I've been. Like, Julia's the best. She has the craziest stories. She gets her GED. She found forgiveness in Jesus. Okay. Well, she says, I forgave myself. I forgave my mother and stepfather. And I prayed for the grace to forgive Steven. She's like, not him, not quite him though. Yet. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, whatever. Whatever way she can find yeah. to, like, relieve her own guilt, I think that is beautiful. Yeah, her own, like, personal suffering. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. I gained the confidence to move out and enroll in college. And- rock on. Yeah, rock on. Dream on. <laughs> <laughs> She's haunted by the success of Aerosmith, though. <laughs> Um, she meets her now husband in college and now they've been married for like 30 years nice they converted to roman catholicism in 92 okay the experience of the forced abortion did traumatize her obviously and so like so much so that she is now um a like pro-life fucking anti-choice active advocate the thing is um i think it's an interesting leap from something was not the right choice for me to that is not the right choice for any woman well that's like you know it's what i'm missing mean? like the point it's like you wish you had a choice yeah so now you're taking away everyone else's choice just yeah. like it was taken from you uh, completely it's it's very interesting that she is not able to see that that really the problem was that her her control over her own body was, was taken. taken away you know what i mean so you can relate to that pain you know it's what I all mean? about choice, ladies. Yeah. I just think it's, it's so strange for her. I think it's strange for anybody to ex- have a specific experience in their own life. Apply it to everybody. And apply, yeah. And apply that same idea to everyone else in the world where it's like, we have different lives. We have different, uh-huh. it, what was right for you or wrong for you has no bearing on what is right for me or wrong for me. Right. Right. Yeah. It's crazy to like, to solve the problem of your choice being taken away. You're taking away everyone's. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. 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 I don't. Okay. I don't get it. All right. Why don't we just pass a law saying Stephen Tyler is not allowed in your hospital room anymore? <laughs> <laughs> so he, his life after the relationship, um, he is continues to be Stephen Tyler for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like recently, he has a foundation called Janie's Janie's Fund, and it is for abused and neglected girls for girls seventeen to twenty two who are in that weird age where they've they've aged out of like state. Like um, children's homes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, like foster care and things yep. like that. Yeah. But they still don't have any support in the world. Right. So right. it's for that gap, which I think is like really helpful. Yeah. yeah. They have um, two locations of a safe haven called Janie's House in Atlanta and Memphis. Hmm. 
He explains that for him, it's about making amends for his behavior. Hmm. He says it does my heart and soul good. And this is real for me. He says that the part of the idea came from his own time at, at treatment. Hmm. Um, he said, while I was there, all the girls I met had been abused, either physically, mentally, or verbally. He also mentions the guilt he feels about his experience with Julia a hmm. lot. Um, yeah. So like when he had his first child years later, he talks about it saying that the, the whole thing with Julia affected him later. Right. Came back. When he was having this other daughter, he thought he might be punished for somehow with this child for what he did with Julia. Uh-huh. That she'd have a health issue or something like that. Yeah. To like punish him for it. Yeah. He says the real real life guilt was very traumatic for him. He says it still hurts. Oh. You made a bad decision. You made a really bad decision. You treated a girl in a way that is like unforgivable. You have a lot to make amends for. Right. Like you might feel like guilt for the rest of your life. Like yeah. that might be something that happens for you. Yeah. That might be appropriate. Yeah. You like, know? Sorry. Yeah. Like all guilt and all shame isn't inappropriate. Some of it right. is actually very like reasonable. <laughs> you got to like wake up every day and have yeah, that and, shit. And like wake up every day and try and do things t- to work the other direction. Right. Which I guess is all you can ask for. He can't undo what he did. Like I think the best you can do or you can ask of a person is to like a completely change their behavior yeah and like i don't know offer support for the people they fucking wronged right you know what i mean right right so i think that like Janie's fund is the most someone who has lived his life can do to help yeah and it's more than just being like yeah sorry <laughs> yeah agreed it yeah. Is, is truly at least it is like you know putting your fucking money where your mouth is right and of course julia herself has the autonomy to if she wants to like forgive her or not yeah that's up to her yeah not us yeah completely so in conclusion for her she says i do not believe i started the fire that burned his apartment (laughs) i don't believe it i may have burned my toast (laughs) but i am thankful to god for the brave firemen who pulled me out of that burning building yeah that's they did do that they did do that i would thank them personally not god and like Whatever. god and also jesus yeah <laughs> yeah god for putting them there i would thank them personally yeah, like but i woke up she says that about steven i never asked him for any money after i returned home i would have i i would have sued him yeah for like sadness <laughs> <laughs> literally like, <laughs> Um, she's, I came to him with nothing and I left with nothing except regrets. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, his foundation is called Janie's fund. You can go to Janie's fund.org. Um, I'm just going to tell you quickly. I don't know. This has shit to do with shit, but like he has, it is the fourth annual private dinner for the funds coming up in April. (gasps) fourth annual miley cyrus is performing Ooh, can we go <laughs> where is it boston the hollywood palladium no oh. hollywood palladium. <laughs> um the event chairs are aerosmith itself yep caitlin jenner oh take the money where it is take the money where you find it um jim carrey uh-huh john stamos Ooh. honorary event chairs bill maher take the money where he you has find it. to do some some repentance i think probably yeah. elton john woo Lionel Richie Woo. and Tiffany Haddish. Okay. I'm just saying he's really like working for us girls. <laughs> he is. He's bringing them in. Yeah. Really? So I believe that was a story of tragedy and perhaps redemption. Yeah. He's working on it. Work. He's fucking working on it. More and than a lot of people can say. Agreed. Agreed. I'd agreed. Say. So um, feel free to go to that show. <laughs> um, <laughs> or I donated like a fucking few bucks but go ahead and donate donate too. a fucking the few website bucks. is like um we do need money of course they do um spread that link spread this information absorb it but you know as for where you heard it tell no one bye, bye.